Welcome to the OT lifestyle movement. This is for the occupational therapy visionaries and the ones who see things differently. We're moving our profession forward through living and leading a truly holistic lifestyle. Hey, hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the OT lifestyle movement podcast. I'm Rhiannon Crisp, occupational therapist, personal trainer, and founder of otlifestylemovement.com. I want to share with you a story and this is this is a story where I'm going to have to get really vulnerable because it's not something that I have shared with many people at all and it's only now after many many years have passed that I feel comfortable sharing it with you in the hopes that you don't go through a similar situation and you can learn from my lessons you can learn from what I share here today. So I want to share with you one of my biggest stuff ups as an occupational therapist. So we'll have to jump in my time machine and go all the way back to when I was a new grad and I was first year out of university working at one of the largest teaching or tertiary hospitals in the Southern Hemisphere at Royal Brisbane and Women's Hospital. And I was on the medical wards. Now. I'm taking you back to a day that is just etched in my memory forever. I I still remember it so clearly because my nervous system remembers it. I feel it in my body when I think about this and I beat myself up about this mistake for so long after and you know, revisiting the wounds, I think there's a lot of wisdom that actually came from it. You know, sometimes it's in our biggest mistakes, it's in our stuff-ups that we can go, you know, that that was stupid or that was a horrible mistake. And, uh, you know, obviously we never mean to make mistakes, but things happen. But once I did it and I became so much more aware. I think awareness is the best word to use is I became so much more aware of what I was doing. So let me take you to what what actually happened. Oh my gosh. Okay, so on the medical ward, there was this man who had been admitted to hospital and I can't even remember what the initial reason was, but he had a lot of medical complications and there was a lot of things going on. He was at high risk of pressure sores because he wasn't able to mobilize independently in bed. And it was part of my role as an occupational therapist to ensure that he didn't get any pressure sores. Um, Pressure sores can obviously lead to serious infection. Um, So I would come in each day and and check that he was okay and check that he was comfortable and, and see what he needed. And on this particular day, I rock up to the ward. I read through the case notes to see if there were any changes from the previous day to his medical status and everything was okay. So I went in to see him and he was asleep. So I just made some observations and then I did a brief pressure sore assessment of his heels. So this is a blanching test, which is basically when you press on the skin with your finger the area that you've pressed on, on their heels, should go white. And then when you remove the pressure, 
the area should return to its normal colour within a few seconds. And this indicates that there's a good blood flow. So I did that and everything else was okay. He was breathing. I could see his chest rising and falling. And so I left the room. And then I, I looked at my watch because I, I was cutting it fine for a meeting that I had downstairs in the OT department, a team meeting. And I thought to myself, look, I can write the case notes now or I can quickly go attend the meeting and write the case notes when I get back. And the kind of people pleaser in me and, and ensuring that I, I do everything, I rushed down to the OT department to attend the team meeting. And I did. I stayed there for half an hour or an hour and attended the team meeting. After the team meeting was lunch. So I um, had, had a quick lunch and then I went back up to the medical ward to write my case notes. And when I went to write my case notes in the, in the folder in his client file, I didn't reread what had happened in between um, in between during that time that I went down to do a team meeting. I just wrote in my case notes. And then um, not long after, I was called into the OT director's office. And this is where, uh, like, I can feel it in my heart now. Like, I'm just like, oh, my gosh, that feeling. I could tell when she called me in that something wasn't right. I could tell by the tone of her voice that I'd done something wrong, something was seriously wrong. And I just had this wave of fear and anxiety wash over me. It took me back to days where, you know, if you ever got in trouble at school and you were that goody two-shoes and, oh, just that horrible feeling. Like I just felt so small. And because I didn't know what I'd done wrong yet, I was just fearing the worst, I, but I really didn't know. Anyway. So my whole body went numb. I felt like I was shutting down. And the nurse unit manager was also in the OT director's office. And I sat down. And the nurse unit manager said that I had assessed a deceased person. And my heart just sunk. And I was thinking, what? Like, I assessed someone who was dead? Like, I'm not sure. I don't know what you mean. Tell me. Um, and I, I almost couldn't talk, like I had choked up. Um, and, and obviously I, I thought of this man that I just assessed for pressure sores. And the nurse unit manager handed the file notes, the case notes over to me. And I remember looking at it in horror. I remember looking at my case notes and then I remember looking at the note that was immediately above my note and it said, you know, John had passed away, blah, 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 RIP, rest in peace. And I flicked my eyes back to the note under where I'd written his breathing, his um. I've checked his pressure sores. He's all good. The blanching came back okay. And I could have just died in that moment. I honestly, I, I couldn't believe it. Um, it like it's so, so many years have passed now that I, I feel okay talking about it, but it was such 
a terrible mistake and it was just an honest mistake but it was careless I it was you know having the integrity to say you know that was my fault but the the thing was with this that because the client file is a legal document there could have been a whole series of things that could have unfolded from this where the family may have wanted investigations done and what was I doing in in there you know is what I wrote in there true or was my word true what what was the truth um this was a crucial error in documentation and if I had have taken that time to write my case note immediately after seeing him none of this would have happened and so now you know, after many, many years of reflection and many sleepless nights after that immediately happened, uh, kind of kicking myself for it, I realised that, you know, there's some priorities in practice and what's important and what can wait and that, you know, case notes are a legal documentation um, and that I, I did get out of a big investigation that could have blown up and, and family could have um, looked into things more. And, you know, in that moment, I just remember crying in the director's office. I was so, I, fe I felt shame. I felt guilt. I felt, um, I, f I think about a lot of different things that came up for me. Um, I felt like a failure. I felt like I'd failed. I, I really questioned my competency um, and I just cried and I walked out and I was crying and people could tell that there was something wrong and I, I really didn't want to share it at that time because I just felt it was um, such a big stuff up, such a big mistake but I wanted to share this with you because I know and I hope that in sharing this that you avoid similar mistakes and you too start to be cautious of how you prioritize your time and if you really have to write that case note or, or do something that you do and if you don't like ensuring that you're checking back to see what's happened in the meantime like that just slowing down has been one of my biggest teachers because I'm always on the go and I'm always trying to please everyone and get to every meeting and get to every patient and in actual fact if we slow down and take the time and be present then we're not going to miss as many things and we're going to be a better OT so maybe you've had a stuff up recently maybe you've done something and you feel it in your heart and maybe it's your little secret and you won't know it and no one else does because we do tend to keep these and hang on to these and it can um, definitely weigh us down and feel heavy and we beat ourselves up over it. And I want to let you know that it's okay and that we need to be having conversations around this and it feels really shitty at the time, really shitty, really, really shitty. But take a deep breath have the integrity to own up to it even if it's to own up to it for yourself and, and to no one else to start with just recognize it um, own it 
and make informed decisions on how you move forward and how you're going to mitigate that. How are you going to ensure that it doesn't happen again? You know, I think a ref- like reflecting on our practice is so important and it's something that we, we miss a lot because we are constantly in the doing. But maybe ask yourself, what went wrong? Ask yourself, what could I do better next time? And ask yourself, what did I learn from this? You know, what's the lesson? What's the teaching here? You know, it's, it's not just a failure. It's not just this big mistake. It's a lesson and there's a learning inherent in that. And what can we draw from that? How can we be a better OT because of it, right? And just remember too, like you will learn from my lessons um, and other people will learn from yours. So sharing it and being vulnerable enough to tell someone, you don't have to tell the world or, <laughs> or release it on a podcast like I am, but maybe you can tell one of your OT besties and maybe that there's an open dialogue here where you, you share what goes on and what, what mistakes you've made so we can turn our mistakes into really valuable life lessons. And we can keep going on the journey. Remember, we are human. So that that was my biggest mistake. It's many years ago now. And um, I'm continuing, continuing, continuing and continually making mistakes on my OT journey. And no, no one's perfect and we all stuff up. Um, but it's about recognizing it. It's about bringing the awareness to it. It's about making intentional steps forward to become a better practitioner, one occupation at a time. Sending lots of love, guys, in your dark days, there is light and you will get through it. Carpe diem. That's it, guys. I hope this episode resonated with you. But more importantly, I hope it inspires you to take action. If you hang out over on Instagram, come over and say hi. Let's connect. I'm at Rhiannon Chris. And we'd absolutely love your radiant energy in our Facebook group family. You can find us simply by searching the OT Lifestyle Movement in Facebook. If you love this episode, I'd be super grateful if you shared it. You can take a screenshot right now and share it on Instagram or Facebook so we can connect with more amazing, open-minded OTs from around the world. And if you are sharing it on Instagram, make sure you tag me at Rhiannon and Chris so I can share it on my platforms as well. The more we share the OT lifestyle movement, the more we can create a ripple effect. And if you do love the podcast, please give us a five-star review so we can be found more easily. So that's it, guys. Go out, create the epic change that you seek in the world, one occupation at a time. Carpe diem, guys.